It's summertime, and, uh, well, the clothes are coming off. Yeah. Uh, we went camping last weekend, and the degree of immodesty was just shocking and and disgusting. And it's time to be talking about the importance of maintaining modesty. Christians are being influenced by the trends of the world, which are very bad in regards to the clothes we wear. We need to talk about what the Bible says to help us make right choices about the clothes we wear. All right. And, uh, well, are there any absolutes? Well, you know, we look to the Bible for guidance in all matters of our lives. And what about in the clothes that we wear written thousands of years ago? Can we still apply biblical principles? And are there absolutes that still bind today? We'll talk about that on the virtual Bible study. You won't want to go anywhere. We'll start right after this. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and this is the virtual bible study for thursday july 6 2017 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob Gwynn. my father greg Gwynn is here hello dad jacob great to be with you tonight good to be with you the website looking okay on your end i think we got our our facebook okay. page and our website and you youtube all working tonight so hopefully you can get at I'll us look from forward to having directions. a co-host for a full hour tonight. Yeah, last week I was so distracted with our website problems, I did I wasn't into the pro- behind the controls tonight. Josh, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Good Glad to be here. that you're here. Look forward to your discussion and comments tonight as well. And we look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And if you're watching us on our website tonight, you can sign in the chat room and comment with other listeners there. We're on Facebook and YouTube tonight. And you can comment with other listeners on those platforms as well. We'll try and conclude those comments wherever you're listening. We want to hear from you all live tonight. And if you're listening to us after the fact in the podcast, maybe on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast, or some other podcast receiver, you can comment, send an email to questions at collegeu.com, and we would love to hear from you. We're talking about, well, well, we've got some stuff to talk about before we get into our discussion tonight. Jacob, we should, we should be really advertising an upcoming event right. here in Columbia, Tennessee. For everybody who's even within a, a, a reasonable driving distance, I mean, if you need to drive a couple hours to get here, we hope you'll come on Janu- January, July 24th and 25th. That's just two weeks from this coming Monday and Tuesday. Right. So just a little over two weeks from now on July 24th and 25th, we're going to have our annual community Bible study. We do this every year in, in, in the summer. couple nights we go to a, a public assembly hall in downtown columbia and we just advertise what we call a community bible study and we try to uh talk about different themes that we think are very important timely in our society and this year's topic i think is clearly important Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the plague of pornography and by by all accounts in the uh by all the statistics that you can read but also i think probably by personal experience the things we know of, people that we've been aware of who've gotten tangled up in in pornography. Probably lots of people have had to talk to friends or uh, maybe even brethren in the church uh, who've had a problem. They've gotten gotten addicted to it and how to handle that. We're going to talk about that. We've got Art Adams coming. Art is a, a gospel preacher, but he's also a certified social worker, and he's got a list of credentials as long as your arm. Uh, a special training that he's had, uh, and he actually maintains and functions a uh, counseling service that deals with addiction problems, right. including the addiction of pornography. He was on our program, what, a couple of years ago probably More now? More than that, maybe, but yeah. Uh, and we interviewed him at that time. This year he's coming in person. We think it'll really be an important study uh, because all of us are under threat. Right. Some people have fallen victim. And we need to know how to deal with this from a right. biblical point of view. Yeah. And so I uh, hope, if, again, if you're anywhere close, try to come. We, we may also try to live stream the, that right. event on, on YouTube. We have done that in the past. We'll also have recordings available. But if you can be there in person, you want to be there in person. Right. 
Monday and Tuesday night, July 24th and 25th. Some, and by, I might mention, Jacob, some of, some of the parents have been concerned that because this is a very sensitive type of topic, that young children might not be appropriate for young children. We're going to, there, there's a separate room in that assembly hall, and some of our young mothers are going to take uh, kids probably 10 and under and maybe have a special class for yeah, them. It's going to be a Bible study. It's yeah. not going to be playtime, but yeah. uh, so they can come as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you'll certainly want to make plans and uh, come for yourself or maybe just come so you can help others who may be struggling. One way or the other, you need to be there if you can. It will be uh, two good sessions uh, on Monday and Tuesday, the 24th and 25th. Exactly right. All right. Along those lines, uh, as we prepare for that topic, next week we've got uh, a discussion of similar concerns. Chase Byers from Kentucky as a 21-year-old young man who's presented some excellent material on this and uh, has been going around uh, Facebook, sort of got a little viral, and he's going to be with us what, next what's, week. What's he called the it's message? Cyber, it's pitfalls in a cyber world. Pitfalls in a cyber and world. I saw, that. I saw part of that. Yeah. So, from a young person's perspective, and I think it's going to be very valuable uh, for those of us who are older to know what you know, younger people are uh, approaching these these challenges and just in general to help us all. Uh, be big, uh, big, encouraged. Big, big problem, big uh, problem. So uh, next week you want to be here for that as well. Uh, and then uh, we need to try and get Art on uh, maybe the, the, the Thursday before the program. Okay. Yeah, we can talk to him too. So if we can interview him for a so few lots minutes of, at least. lots yeah. of important, uh, very current uh, uh, topics that that really affect us in our world today. All right. So make plans for that. There'll be more to come. So stay tuned. All right, into our discussion tonight. Okay, so to our update list earlier today, we send out our update. We always do that. About 11 o'clock, we send an email out. We usually try to get that up a little earlier on Facebook. So you can look at our Facebook page, which is, by the way, just virtual Bible study, not the virtual. Somebody else got our name. Uh, and so we had to go with just virtual Bible study on All Facebook. Right. You can check our Facebook page, or you can get on our email update list by just sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com, and we send out an email on Thursday morning to let you know what we're going to be talking about. And here's the questions that we sent out today. Number one, comment on these wrong reasons that people offer as they make bad choices about the clothes they wear. It's pop. It's the popular style. I wear this because it's comfortable and convenient. I don't care what others think. It's none of their business. We have to compromise on some things, be a little more flexible and less rigid in our standards. Okay. And I don't want my kids to seem odd. That'll happen. Okay. All right. Number two, what are some of the observable consequences of following the aforementioned bad reasoning about clothes choices? Uh, Number three, comment on these biblical absolutes about clothing. Avoid nakedness, maintain modesty, preserve shamefacedness, avoid lasciviousness. And number four, what are some of the wonderful consequences of following the aforementioned biblical absolutes about clothing choices? Okay. So that's the way we'll go. We'll talk about bad choices first and their consequences. We'll talk about good choices and the and the and the wonderful consequences that follow by making good choices. All right. If you'd like to comment, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Josh, you got answers ready tonight? I uh, hope so. Okay. All right. Josh is behind the board ready to roll with us. Let's start out with just these these statements that we made. Uh, that, because you hear these. You hear people say this when you talk about clothes. Maybe even if you, and sadly it just happens way, way, way too often, you see somebody who's just horribly, immodestly in, uh, uh, dressed. And unfortunately, many times those people are Christians. And you see them wearing things they shouldn't wear. And so they say, well, I do it because it's what's popular. It is the popular style. Yeah. Well, uh, that uh, will get you in a lot of trouble in a lot of areas, not just in the clothes that you wear. Yeah. Uh, popularity does not determine right and wrong, and popularity should not be our gauge. Our society should not be our gauge. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Not to be transformed uh, by the world that we live in. Be not conformed. Be not conformed. Well, I'm sorry, be conformed, not be conformed. Now, and I don't know if there are many things that we are tempted to conform in as much as the way that we look. I think that's right. I, I mean, it's, there, that's it. 
In fact, you look at those in our society that want to be nonconformist. They all look alike, don't they, Josh? They they all dress alike, right? You, you, oh, they're they're in that group. They conform to the group that they're in. They're and, conforming to nonconformity. Yeah, I mean, you would think that they all yeah. look different, but they all dress similarly and similar color hair. It may not be natural color, but it's it's some. They're nonconformist, but they're conforming to the group that they're in, and we do that in our lives every day and if we're not careful it will influence the way that we dress exactly right uh, moses said famously to the children of israel in exodus 23 2 thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil yeah that would apply to this wouldn't it you know the multitude the vast majority of people are wearing immodest clothes and so i'm saying well since they do i need to because it's popular i need to follow the popular trend no it's always been a principle of God. Don't follow a multitude to do evil. Okay, uh, and and Jesus said specifically that the majority is going to be wrong on this yeah. because the majority is wrong about everything. Right. In Matthew chapter seven verse thirteen, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that findeth. Jesus said, you really want to be in the minority here. Because the majority is going the wrong way that leads us to hell. Uh, and then this idea, I do it because it's the popular trend. you got to remember the famous words of Joshua in Joshua 24, verse 15, uh, when he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, and, and I really think that statement of leadership on the part of Joshua is much needed in families today. We need, We specifically need some dads to stand up and say, you're not wearing that to their kids. Uh, to take to take hold of the horns of this bull and say, no, you know, you're not going to dress like the world. I don't care if it is popular. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Dad told me several years ago, as his daughter was wearing things that she obviously shouldn't, he said, you'd be surprised what you let your kids wear. He couldn't stop it. You just gonna, you'll be surprised at the stuff that they wear that they can't do anything about it. Yeah, so, I, I think I can do something about it. Yeah, maybe uh, you would think, uh, but there are a lot of folks who aren't. Yeah. What okay. about it, Josh? I was looking at the second half of verse 4 in James chapter 4. Verse 4, it says, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So I think people want to try to fit in. But if we're trying to fit in with the world and be friends of the world, then we're opposed to God. There you go. Not the side that I want to be on in that equation. Exactly right. right. All right. So obviously that's a bad that's bad reasoning that you do it because it's the popular trend. In fact, I can remember my dad saying because I I would try to make that argument about different things. You know, everybody's doing it, and I can I can I don't know how many times my dad told me, well, if everybody's doing it, that's probably another good reason why you shouldn't because everybody's probably wrong and we just that's as christians we've got to think that way we've got to realize that the the world is not following the standards of god they're not going to they don't want to and we can't follow them now we often think about peer pressure as being something that's isolated to those that are teenagers and young people but it is a, a challenge for those of us that are adults as well especially in this area of fashion and modesty is the the trends of the world tend to take christians with them if we're not careful. Yeah, I've always thought that Christians are not out here at the cut as as things get worse. Christians are not at the cutting edge of the of the trends, but they let the trends drag them along. They're 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 trailing along those right. trends, and, and they do it about things like modesty, and and for that reason, you see Christians who are not the most immodest people in the world, but they're way more immodest than Christians were. 25, 30, 50 years ago because they've let that trend drag them along. And uh, and another challenge is pushing the envelope in the name of trying to keep up with the fashions. I think you see that as well. Where you see Christians, they're trying to maintain modesty, but they're pushing the envelope and pushing it too far, just trying to stay trendy. They don't want to, they're not going to go all the way, but they're trying, trying to get to as close as they can. Offense. Rather than rather than just saying, hey, the game's over. I can't play. Uh, and we're not even going to worry about that. Yeah, All I right. think so. Okay. Uh, we need to get a break. Let's get a break, and then when we come back, let's talk about an argument that people make 
I, I wear this because it's comfortable and convenient. All right, 877-381-4567. Looking forward to your questions and your comments on this important topic. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Have you checked out all of the resources? Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find that it's easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College U Church of Christ. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Events are less important than our responses to them. The quality of an individual is seen in the standards he sets for himself. Who is rich? He that rejoices in his portion. Maintaining the right attitude is easier than regaining the right attitude. Man, wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. So we're talking about modesty and things that we should consider when choosing our clothing that we're wearing. And looking at common excuses and reasons why people uh, give for the bad decisions they make in choosing their clothes. Yeah, we got a good comment in the chat room from Philip in West Virginia who, who references Second Corinthians six seventeen about this idea of yeah. following the popular trend. Therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And, and he connects that to Isaiah fifty two yep. eleven, Ezekiel twenty yep. verses thirty four and forty one. Yeah, appreciate really, that. Really good comment. One of my favorites, uh, Philip. Uh, in the world that we live in, I don't think this world is necessarily that we live in today is any more wicked than other times. But it is a challenge for us to, and a, and a, and, a, and an aspiration for us all to make to come out from among them. And be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing. Isaiah 52, verse 11 that he references says, Depart, depart. Go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. Uh, he, the challenge for Christians and those who, for, throughout time, who've desired to be pleasing to God is to stay separate. God has always wanted a people who are separate, who are not like those that are around them. We need to understand that that's our calling. That God doesn't want a lot of people that look like everybody else, that dress like everybody else. He wants people who are different. He also references Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 34. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out from the countries where you were scattered with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, and with fury poured out. And then verse 41. I will accept you as a sweet aroma when I bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you've been scattered, and I will be hallowed before, in you before the Gentiles. God wants a separate people, and uh, that is our challenge. All right, very good. What about this idea? I, I, I dress this way because I find it to be very comfortable and convenient. You know, I don't know, Josh. I don't know if I even buy that argument because I've seen, in particular, I can I can picture. You're not buying it, huh? No, I I can picture, especially some women that I've seen wearing real short skirts or or low cut tops, and they are constantly tugging at their clothes, trying to pull their skirt down, trying to pull their top up, and it looks very uncomfortable. That's not convenient, it's, and it's certainly not convenient. Uh, and so I, I'm not I'm not sure I'm particularly persuaded okay. by it. But what if what if it were true? What what if it was true that that was a convenient, comfortable way to dress? That doesn't make it right. It, uh, you know, uh, what if a person says, I actually find it's very comfortable to walk around completely naked. Does that make it right? I mean, if you think about, be logical about the argument. That argument wouldn't prove anything. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, Jake, uh, Jesus said, uh, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So if it is, in fact, more comfortable, it's still wrong, and you need to deny yourself and follow Jesus faithfully. There you go. And so if it were more comfortable, and I'm not sure it is, 
it would still be wrong and we would have to deny ourselves that comfort if it is in fact more comfortable uh, in order to be right with God. All right, so uh, guest thir- 9893 says, so should we be wearing plain clothing like the Amish? Well, we might talk about that as we go along in the program tonight. Uh, uh, a preliminary to our response will be no, not necessarily. Um, and 9893 says uh, it doesn't make it wrong either. Uh, if it's comfortable, I guess it doesn't make it wrong. Uh, no, that, that doesn't make it wrong in and of itself. No. But if that's the excuse for not maintaining the standards but, but, that God has given us, then it is wrong. Yeah. We were especially talking about people who wear immodest clothes with those arguments. No, I mean, that, I like my clothes to be comfortable, but but they can't be I can't use that argument to justify immodest clothes. I, uh, that's what we meant, and maybe we weren't clear in the way okay. we were using that. Okay, all right. Someone else says uh, uh, another argument, a uh, uh, flaky argument that people make. I wear this, uh, uh, oh, no, uh, uh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what others think. It's none of their business. What about that? Well, it's, uh, that's not the standard that uh, and, and the... Explanation we could about. Uh, I don't care what other things about others think about me smoking marijuana. It's none of their business. I don't care what other things about uh, me using foul language. It's none of their business. We don't use that in other other areas of our life. Yeah, uh, we're supposed to think about what others think, and it's supposed to be a concern to us, especially among Christians. I, I don't know. I, I I think lots of folks have been discouraged. I, you're going to see immodesty in the world. You go to Walmart. You go to you go to you go to the lake. You go any yeah, worldly people. It's just it's just going to happen. You're going to see people immodestly dressed. But I tell you, I am especially discouraged when I see Christians dressed that way. And then they say, "Well, it's none of your business." Well, it actually is my business, and it ought to be their business. Hebrews ten twenty three and twenty four said, "Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised." And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Yeah. In other words, if what I'm wearing is a discouragement to you, then that should be a, a concern to me. Yeah. But a lot of Christians, I don't care. I just simply don't care. If you don't like what I wear, it's none of your business, and I don't care what you think. And that's just, that's just a completely wrong attitude, Josh. Yeah, I was thinking about what Paul wrote in Romans 14, verse 13, about not putting a stumbling block or occasion to fall in his brother's way. So, you know, I may not, I may say, well, I don't care what, what you think is nobody else's business, but if I'm causing somebody else to stumble, somebody else to fall, I mean, that's putting, that's that's a serious problem. Jesus talked about if you cause one of these little ones to stumble and fall, it'd be better that a millstone were hung about your neck and you're cast into the depths of the sea. And so... You know, if I'm causing somebody else to stumble because of the way I dress, then it is my problem. Exactly right. All right. Very good. Look forward to hearing your comments in the chat room tonight. Send them in there. What are we going to say to somebody who says, well, you're probably right. You're probably right on this or that argument about the kind of clothes we ought to wear. But, you know, we just got to be kind of flexible. Can't be quite so rigid in our standards. We got to we got to be willing to compromise, give a little, you know, uh, Maybe that's maybe that's not the battle we need to be fighting. What do yeah. you think about that? Well, um, compromise is a challenge. And uh, earlier, uh, Philip referenced that passage in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse seventeen, where we're told to be separate, not touch the unclean thing. I was looking for the passage in the Old Testament that talks about the sacrifice, and if it touched the unclean thing, would it be clean or unclean? And would it make the unclean? You, you remember the passage, and I don't know exactly where it is. Where if the if the holy thing touched the unclean thing, that it, it didn't make the unclean thing holy. It made the holy yeah, thing yeah. unclean. I can't. Maybe one of our uh, listeners can remember that reference. That's the challenge for us, Josh. Is we're in the world, and we're to make the world. We're trying to make the world holy. We don't do that by compromising and getting down on their level. We have to maintain a difference and a separation. Otherwise, we've lost our salt and our our light. Yeah, right. Uh, Jeremiah six verse fifteen. He said, "Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down," saith the Lord. Israel got to the point of not being embarrassed by their sin at all, and yeah. they couldn't even blush anymore. And so, yeah. uh, you know, if we say we got to compromise, we got to be flexible. What we're really doing is, you know, we're we're just having our conscience seared, Paul wrote about, 
And so we're just conforming to the world like we've been talking about. I think you're exactly right, and I think that's a good way to describe it. Kevin is in the chat room with his theme that he likes. He says, modest is the hottest. Well, well, you know there is, and 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 it is an encouraging thing to see there 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 is a movement among some in the religious world, not uh, not necessarily members of, of the Church of Christ, but some some are, but others just in the denominational world, there there is. I think it's a it's a a small trend, but there is a trend toward trying to provide some more modest choices, especially for young ladies to wear, which is an encouraging thing, and parents can. Parents should jump on that bandwagon, you know, and if, if they can, if they can find things that their young ladies in particular can wear that are fashionable yet still modest, uh, and, and, and people feel good about that, then by all means do so. But the idea of compromising with the world, if you're going to compromise with the world on, on the clothes you wear, what would, where would you draw the line? Where would you say, no, I'm not, I'm not compromising on that. Well, what is that? If you're going to compromise about modesty, you, you've, you've opened the door to everything. We need those who are older who are setting the standard and, uh, and the example for the younger as well, both men and women. Yeah. Uh, but uh, those that are in their younger but, years. That, that, that I think a real people. challenge, a real challenge of immodesty is to young people. I, I understand that because as we get older and our bodies get even more ugly than they were before, you know, we tend to want to keep them covered up. Uh, in fact, I was at the campground this this last weekend. I thought of a new T-shirt logo. I was thinking about publish, making a T-shirt, especially for the guys who were running around with their shirts off. I thought about making a T-shirt that said, keep your shirt on. Nobody wants to see that. And I might not be a big seller there. I don't know. Yeah. But but I think for young people, that, that it's a greater challenge for young people. But you even see older people now these days. I mean, I think to myself, surely they're old enough to know better than that, but they're obviously not because even older people are wearing immodest. In fact, what Josh says, can't blush. Yeah. Can't blush. Exactly. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let's let's cover one more thing here before our break, and that is, I don't want my kids to seem odd. I, I'm going to let my kids wear some stuff. I don't wear it myself. In fact, you couldn't you couldn't catch me wearing that ever but i'm going to let my kids wear that because i don't want my kids to seem odd oh how would you answer that josh josh has got one on the way josh how are you going to deal with that question you let your kid be, be odd be, be odd. a weirdo you, you don't want your kid to weirdo? be odd that poor kid going to be a weirdo <laughs> well uh compared to the world standards i guess i guess so um so we're supposed to be a peculiar people but i was thinking about second corinthians 10 and verse 12 uh, it says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So it's just not, it's not to compare ourselves to other people or to compare ourselves to the world and think, well, that's, that's what I need to do and compare myself with them. Then I'm going to get into trouble. So yeah, we're, we're supposed to be a peculiar people and we're supposed to be separate from, I think from the world. Exactly right. You know, you think about the things that the kids of this world are involved in, uh, and you don't want your kid to be different. You don't. I want my kids, my grandkids, to be odd. When you, when if being like the others makes them like that, like the kids of the world, I want my kids to be odd. And I think Christian parents have to accept that reality. You're, if you're if you're teaching them right and they're living right, they are going to be odd. But you know, the faithful people of God have always been considered odd. The worldly people have always looked with disdain upon God's faithful people. Why would it be any different in our day and time? We've got to work on setting this, the expectation for popularity with our children. Uh, in Second Timothy three verse twelve, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Our children need to understand that at an early age. That they're going to have to be different. People are going to make fun of them, and they're going to be uh, weird. Yeah, they need to understand that at an early age. And a passage you referenced earlier, Josh, James four verse four: Friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whosoever of the world is the enemy of God. Our kids need to understand they are not going to be the popular ones. They are not going to be the friends of everyone in the world because they're going to have to be different. And if people won't accept them for the way that they dress, then that's just the way it's going to be because 
God expects us to be different. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's grab our, uh, our half hour break, Jacob. And when we come back, let's talk about if you follow this faulty reasoning that we've just been describing. Let's talk about what you can expect. I mean, choices. Choices bear consequences. What will be the consequences of making these bad choices uh, using okay. this bad reasoning? All right, we'll get down to that on the other side of the break. Let's get this week's bullet point and get your thoughts during that break and get ready to take them on the other side. The chat room is ready, wide open for you. Send in your comments. Now, don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Occasionally we hear parents who say that they don't want to force religion on their children. These misguided folks think that they're doing their kids a favor by letting them decide for themselves. They're afraid that there will be some resentment in the child later if religion has been, quote, crammed down their throat, unquote. If we may be absolutely blunt in response, that is one of the most ridiculous ideas anyone ever suggested. We force many things on our children. We insist that they bathe, brush their teeth, change their clothes, and so forth. We cram education down their throats by making them attend school regularly. We demand that they do their homework. We force them to eat good food, get adequate rest, and do other things that are important to their health and development. We do all of this because we know it's in their best interest. And we do it even when the kids don't like it. Why is it that this common sense approach is neglected by parents who are determined to, quote, let their kids decide for themselves, unquote, when it comes to religion? Dr. James Dobson writes, quote, There's a critical period when certain kinds of instruction are easier in the life of children. There's a brief period during childhood when youngsters are vulnerable to religious training. Their concepts of right and wrong are formulated during this time, and their view of God begins to solidify. The opportunity of that period must be seized when it is available. The absence or misapplication of instruction through the prime time period may place a severe limitation on the depth of the child's later devotion to God. When parents withhold indoctrination from their small children, allowing them to, quote, decide for themselves, unquote, the adults are almost guaranteeing that their youngsters will decide in the negative. God's Word has always taught us the truth on this subject. Quote, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, verse 6. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight. Uh, reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us, where we meet, and our times of assembly at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview, C-O-L-L-E-G-E-V-U-E.com. Either one of those websites will get you to the same place. And you can find out more about what we believe, what we practice, listen to sermons that are presented to the College U Church of Christ. Find out how to podcast those sermons to your phone and how to podcast this program. Check it out, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. And if you have any comments about something you've heard, we'd welcome those comments at any time. Questions at collegeu.com. Use that email address for a number of reasons. You can use it to suggest a future uh, topic to be discussed on the Virtual Bible Study. Maybe just a question you've got. We compile those and put a listener question segment on a periodic basis. We would welcome your questions or your comments or suggestions at any time. Questions at collegeview.com. And also use that email address to send us your stale mail address so we can send you a bumper sticker uh, to help you get the word out about the program because the more people we have, the better the studies are. So send us an email and get your bumper sticker and help spread the word. We're talking about the clothes we wear on the program tonight. All right. Now, or the clothes we don't wear, as the case may be. We talked about some bad reasons, wrong reasons that lead to bad choices of clothes that people wear. But now, if you do that, if you make those bad choices, choices have consequences. And I think we can see some real consequences of, this, of these choices. One of them is, if you start making bad choices, you're going to, it will get worse. In other words, if you compromise, we talked about compromising. You don't just you just don't take a little bite of the apple. You start keep going back for more, and and if you start making bad choices about the clothes you wear, it will lead to more and more immodesty. There's, there's, I think that should be obvious to everybody. There's there's all kinds of evidence of it, even among Christians who who have compromised on on certain types of clothing, and 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 so the shorts get shorter and the tops get lower scooped and. Uh, uh, the clothes get tighter and more form-fitting. 
You know, you just look at what, what some young Christians are wearing today would not have even been imagined 30 years ago. And, what, and, 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 and so there's just this gradual creep, and, and it gets worse and worse. And what you see is, in, in, generationally, you see a generation where parents compromise with their kids. Those kids have kids, and they compromise even farther with their kids, so that when you look back from where they started, there's no way in the world those original parents, those grandparents now would have allowed that with their kids, but that's the way it's gone. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, one, one of the clear consequences is it's going to lead to more immodesty. It just does. Uh, I think that's obvious. And then I'll, I want to argue something, and it might get some pushback on um, If you make these bad choices about clothes, it's going to... I think, make you more susceptible to other forms of worldliness. Okay, you're going to have to break that down and explain that. All right, so uh, if, I'm, if, I'm, if, if I'm compromising on, on this moral issue, and it is a moral issue, if I'm compromising on this moral issue, then it'll be easier to compromise maybe the kind of movies that I go to, you know? I've, 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 I've just allowed a softness to develop in, in my moral character. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be as easily offended. I'm going to be more tolerant of worldliness. And it's going to, it's going to have an increased way into my life because I opened that door. Interesting. A couple different uh, comments on that. First, is the way that I dress does affect my mindset, Josh. For instance, when I have on, well, the term is Sunday best, when I'm around certain things that could get those Sunday dress clothes dirty, I act differently than I do on Saturday, the day before when I was around those things with my dirty clothes on. It didn't bother me. It's in. It changes my mindset. Uh, we might do the same thing if we're going out to a fancy restaurant with our wife. We might... Dress up? Why? Just because it's, it's more special. It, 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 it's a it's it, it changes our attitude, and our mood about uh, well, the, you know, the fancy meal we're gonna eat. If I'm dressing in in modest way, then it changes my outlook, my spiritual outlook on life and on yeah. things. Yeah, it's it doesn't remind me, hey, I've dressed differently than the world, so I need to be acting differently than the world. Yeah. Okay. Any, any thoughts, Josh? Uh, I was thinking about in Galatians two, when Paul. Withstood Peter to the face. Uh, it said that uh, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. But you know, Peter, his whole his whole deal was he was afraid that uh, some of the other Jews were going to get onto him because he he was feared that he was hanging out with these these Gentiles, right? And so uh, I was just thinking that if we are allowing the world to dictate what we're going to do, well, it, the the blame comes back to me. Uh, and so you know, so I was thinking one of the things, the consequences are going to be. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to answer for what I'm doing, and I can't put that excuse off on the world. So I'm gonna have to step up and, and take responsibility for my actions. All right. So, so, so go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. So the way we dress does affect the way we think and maybe the way we approach things, but it also affects the way others view us. And I think you talked. Your your comment led me down this road as well. Others may look at me in the way that I dress and say, "Well, there's a guy that's like me." So yeah. I'll go and ask Tim Tim with other things. Maybe, yeah. In other words, uh, rather than it, look at him, it, oh, he look at him. He's some kind of prude. I he, wouldn't he, bother. I don't even want to talk to him. He right? dresses he, like I dress. He probably act like I act. Yeah. So let's let me see if I can get him to drink some beer with me. Or, or she dresses that way. Uh, she's probably she's advertising something. Why don't I go? Maybe tempt she's her with loose. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah seven uh, talking about Judah. The prophet Jeremiah said, chapter 7, verse 26, Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Yeah. So generationally, it got worse. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's going to be one of the consequences of making these bad choices. Okay. Uh, real quick, in the chat room, guest 9893 says that we've only been talking about sexually immodest clothing. And that's our emphasis. Clearly, he, 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 he references... He or she references First Timothy two nine and ten uh, about maybe, uh, and I think he's right, or he she is right that that that, that text certainly applies to showing off wealth by yeah. uh, opulent. 
clothing. And, uh, that's not our emphasis. I don't think that's a huge problem. It is a problem. I don't deny that that's being addressed. It is a pro- it's a problem. Yeah, but it I don't, it's not the problem. It's, it's not, not the problem, the problem of sexually immodest But clothing. we all need to be aware sure, of that. Sure, sure, and sure. And the condemnation is on wearing showy clothing to yourself. No. Any, and anything that I do, either expensive clothes or lack of clothes. Or the way that I act in whatever clothes I might be wearing. Yeah, to draw attention to myself is immodest. That's absolutely right. 9893 says, I've seen men wear suits that cost more than my car. It covered their body, but was totally immodest. Well, amen to that. And I'd, well, I'd sort of like to see a suit like that, but not, I wouldn't want to wear one. Uh, as I've seen women wear jewelry that cost thousands, and that's immodest. It's a problem because it's so rarely addressed. It probably is. I, I, uh, again, that wasn't our emphasis uh, for our study tonight, I, but I don't deny that that's, that's certainly a biblical point to make. Don't wear clothes to try and show off. Yeah. Whatever you know, I've even we, we've got a a, a, a Mennonite community uh, near here, and I've even argued that the Mennonites who dress that their dress is not sexually immodest, but they certainly dress in a form to draw attention to their religious practice. Or a, a Catholic priest or a denominational uh, clergyman with his collar turned around backwards. What's he doing that for? Yeah. Well, uh, I think in a sense that's immodest because it's, it's designed to draw attention. All right. Okay. All right. We got to hurry on. Uh, what are some of the other consequences of making bad choices about clothes? Well, I think what we will find is that the that this leads people because people push back. I, I think probably in my preaching push back from members of the church on immodest dress than nearly anything else. You're getting up in their business. Getting up in their business, I guess. Right. And 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 so if then they're going to start resisting other teaching on other important subjects because they Ooh. they they've drawn a they they they've gotten a, a grudge they've become bitter and they and they're going to push back and resist on other biblical teaching and if their kids watch them do that on the subject of dress then now everything the preacher says is subject yeah. to yeah so they're the parents argued against what the preacher said when he tried to teach biblical principles of modesty and now the kids think, well, the preacher, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. He's that, just that old-fashioned. He's a yeah. hobby rider. Uh, yeah. you know, he's, he, so now when he talks about premarital sex, well, maybe that's the same thing. Yeah, or dancing yeah. or social drinking. Yeah. That's he, just that old that's preacher. Just, that's, that's just that preacher. And my dad already told me that you, know, don't, you have, don't have to pay attention to the preacher on those subjects. Yeah, okay. Uh, and and then I would also say it just softens the heart. We already kind of commented about this, but uh, in Second Timothy two, excuse me, Second Timothy chapter four, beginning verse two, Second Timothy four verse two, Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves. Teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, shall be turned unto fables. Um, and so they won't listen to sound preaching. And then they're going to find somebody who says it the way they want to, says what they want to hear. Okay. And who won't condemn what they want to do. And and that's just a consequence of making these bad moral choices about clothes or anything else. And you're not just talking all in theory here. You've seen it happen in real life. Sure. And uh, so, Okay. Um, all right, let's get a break, and when we get back, then what are the biblical standards for our dress? How should we be dressing? What are the biblical standards? Um, before we get to the break, Ramona sends in this comment is uh, somewhat off topic, as she notes, but she says, one of the things that bothers me is the dress that younger churchgoers wear to the morning service, shorts, very short skirts, and dresses. One time a man was wearing Bermuda shorts to the service. This ought to be preached to the congregation about the way we dress when we worship. We should not be immodest or slobby. We should dress to please him. Uh, well, we talked about that idea of our dress affecting our mindset. And, uh, well, perhaps a casual dress can cause us to have a casual approach to our worship and uh, can, in fact, as Ramona uh, uh, mentions there, be irreverent, and we need to be aware of that. Perhaps we can uh, talk about that on another program, but certainly something to be aware of. Thank you for your comment tonight, Ramona, and we'll look forward to your comments. 877-381-4567. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this. 
After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In America, there is one divorce approximately every 36 seconds. That's nearly 2,400 divorces each day, 16,800 divorces per week, and 876,000 divorces per year. The average length of a marriage that ends in divorce is eight years. The average age of couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. All that information is via the U.S. Census Bureau. The Word of God says in Romans 7, beginning verse 2, For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight, going to the top of the hour, talking about the clothes we wear and things we ought to be considering as we uh, dress ourselves. What about the Bible? Does it give us any absolutes that we can, any bedrock here as we can make uh, decisions about what we wear? I, I like to use the word absolutes when we talk about clothes. we got to hurry here, Jacob. We're going to be flat out of time. All but, right. Uh, a lot of people just act like this choice about clothes is a gray area. There's no absolutes. There's no black and white. There's no right and wrong. You're just going to have to decide for yourself, and I just think that's wrong. There are biblical absolutes. One of the biblical absolutes is nakedness. Nakedness is a shame. We are not to expose our nakedness. Okay. And that has always been the case. And really, God even defined it for us. We can go to some Old Testament texts and see uh, how God... Gave, actually gave us some guidelines as to what parts of the body constitute nakedness. If you show these parts of the body, you are exposing your nakedness. And that goes all the way back to Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve were in the garden. They had partaken of the forbidden fruit. They knew they were naked. And what they did in the first seven verses of, of Genesis 3 is they sewed aprons to cover, basically it just covered their midsection. Uh... And, and you can study the word, and it suggests just that, just just around the middle of their of their body, they sewed aprons. When God came into the garden and spoke to Adam, Adam said, "I've I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked." He he already had that apron on, but he still felt naked. And God apparently agreed with him because in verse twenty one, God made them coats to wear, and the word there suggests a tunic like garment that that went from the shoulders to the knee or well below the knee. Sometimes those tunic garments went all the way to the ankle. Uh, From that, what would you conclude? Nakedness is the torso of the body, certainly the midsection of the body, and the the leg, the thigh of the leg, at least to the knee or below. That's pretty straightforward to me. I don't see how we have any problem with that. Yeah, I noticed he said it to Adam. Adam said he was naked and God agreed. He didn't say, well, now, Adam, you got your swimming trunks on, but your wife over there, she needs more. No. They both were naked. They both were naked. Were they, yep. And so I think from that you would you would argue that a woman's torso is nakedness, but a man's okay. torso of his body is also nakedness. I don't know why society has decided it's okay for a man to go around without his shirt on, but it's not okay for a woman when the Bible defines both. Yeah. All right. And uh, additional passages to support that idea. In Exodus 28, verses 43-43, when God was describing the clothes that were to be made for the priest to wear, we're not saying that... uh, People make all kinds of crazy quibbles about this. We're not saying that we're to dress like the Old Testament priests. We're just trying to get a, a point of reference from that text in Exodus 28, beginning verse 40. The, the the robes of the priest are described, their hats and everything. But it's interesting that they were to have what the, the King James refers to as linen breeches. It's spelled breeches. We would say breeches. But basically it's describing underwear that they were to wear under their garments in case that in the process of doing their priestly duty, offering sacrifices and so forth, someone might see up under their robe this wasn't something that they were wearing to be seen, but in case someone accidentally saw up under their rope, these breeches went from their waist to their knee, 
to cover their nakedness, it says. And so, again, we would get a reference point there that the thigh of the leg, the, the leg above the knee, is nakedness. Check that out. That reference is Exodus 28, verses 40 through 43. If you've got questions or comments about that, uh, would like further discussion, questions at collegeview.com. And, and so there's, there's a great starting point. A great starting point is you definitely got to avoid nakedness. Study the word nakedness in the Bible, and everywhere it's referenced, it's a, it's a reference of shame. There's shame associated with nakedness. Back to Josh's comment, though, people are exposing that without shame. And just because it doesn't bother you and because our society says it's okay, doesn't mean it's right. Because there are people noted in the scriptures who did the same similar things, and they didn't blush. It yeah. didn't bother them. So don't just don't just say, well, it doesn't bother me, and nobody else thinks there's any problem with it. That's not the standard. The standard is what God defines as nakedness. Yeah. You see a little kid showing out at the store, and and it's a shame. You say, well, that's a shame that kid is acting like. Well, he's not ashamed, right? And his parents apparently not ashamed either. It is a shame, and it doesn't it doesn't take those people to admit it to still make it a shameful thing. Same with nakedness. You show your nakedness, it's a shame, whether you know it or acknowledge it or not. Don't just go on the standard, well, I'm comfortable, it doesn't bother me. No, look at the standard of God's Word. Again, we're looking at absolutes that God has placed forward. Josh, you got a thought on that? No, you covered it. Okay. Now, here's here's the next step in that. And and this is the first time, I guess, 98-93, uh, mentioned First Timothy 2, 9 and 10, and we commented about that briefly, and I do think it, it does t- talk about overdressing. I think the, that there would be application of the words in that text to underdressing as well. Paul told Timothy, First Timothy 2, beginning verse 9, let the women ad- adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly ray, but that which becometh women professing godliness with good works. And and certainly it would apply, as guest ninety eight ninety three said, to overdressing to draw attention to yourself. But the it would the words here apply to underdressing or overdressing, the word modest and the word shamefacedness. Um, the, the idea of modest suggests the idea of that which conforms to, uh, I think the word literally means well-arranged. Mm-hmm. And the arrangement is not is, you know, don't wear plaids with stripes. You know, you don't, you do don't, that? It, well, you're not supposed to do that. That's but what I've been told. I don't know. That has anything to do with modesty. <laughs> Modest suggests that your clothes should conform to your character, that your clothes should depict what you are as a Christian. And so modest, and I think the word literally means well-arranged. It's not talking about stripes and plaids. It's talking about your clothes and your character. They should they should be in agreement. And I think the word that's really important there is the word shamefacedness. Mm-hmm. Let me read you a dictionary definition. Shamefacedness or shamefastness is an innate sense of honor that, sh- quote, shrinks from overpassing the limits of womanly reserve and modesty as well as from the dishonor. That's from Trench's synonyms of New Testament words. Uh, Vine says it is a sense of shame. Uh, modesty, which is fast or rooted in the character. And I think Thayer says it's respectful timidity. Uh, you know, one of the problems with the way people dress is they apparently are not timid at all, uh, and there's no shamefacedness. Now, modesty and shamefacedness would make us then want to stay far away from the limits of nakedness. We talked about the limits of nakedness. Modesty and shamefacedness would make us want to stay well aware, well away from those limits. We're not going to see how close to our nakedness we can get. We're going to stay well away from those limits. That's right, uh, because of well, asking them. I mean, we don't uh, we don't do that in other areas of our lives. We certainly want to be careful here. Yeah. So to the people who would say there are. No standards, no absolute standards. You're just sort of going to have to make this decision on your own. And I even know preachers who say this, that basically you just got to decide it on your own because there are, there are, you can't draw a line. That's the expression I've heard so often. You can't draw a line. And by that they mean there are no absolutes. I had a preacher one time tell me that this is all societally determined. 
that it's, it's whatever is acceptable in society. That establishes what's modest and right. And I said, well, what about if you were in native Africa and the women went around bare-chested? And he actually said, well, I guess that'd be all right. He's, it, it, it's not all right. What if we were? Li- what if we lived in a nudist society? Would it be all right for us to be completely without a stitch of clothes if that was the societal norm? It's not what society established. Now, having said that, I will acknowledge that societal trends do influence clothing. For instance, if if we dress, if we could be time warped back to the first century and we had these clothes on that we're wearing tonight, and we suddenly we're standing in the crowd listening to Jesus preach the Sermon on the Mount. We would look crazily weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'd be immodest because uh, and certainly our nakedness wouldn't be exposed. Uh, it might be immodest in the sense that it doesn't conform at all to societal standards. But uh, what I'm saying is society does influence choices, but they the societal influence cannot uh, cause us to cross the line of nakedness and modesty and shamefacedness yeah it, our society can our society can influence in the areas of modesty but it does not influence in the areas of nakedness modesty and, and, and society and circumstances right we might go to a wedding in a tuxedo it would be immodest to go to that same to, to maybe some other event in a tuxedo yeah. Right in a, in, a, in a wedding setting, no problem at all in a tuxedo. We're not trying to draw. It's just what everybody's wearing. Or we might go to a football game wearing orange or red or whatever, and have our face painted up like everybody else. You're not drawing attention to yourself there. You're just fitting in with the crowd. But you go to Walmart and dressed that way. Perhaps you're trying to draw attention to yourself. And so we're saying society does have a, an element in that, but yeah. the but the societal element cannot cause us to cross the line yeah. into sinful attire. Yeah. All right. uh, guest ninety eight ninety three asks us, "What's the line on how costly is too costly?" That might be a little harder to define. And that might be one of those areas. Yeah, but where but there in First Timothy uh, uh, two, it talks about uh, pearls and costly array, and and I would I would assume costly array is is a relative term, but you know when you talk about a man suit that wears two, uh, costs two thousand, or sometimes you see. The movie stars who dress in a twenty thousand dollar gown. I don't know what it. I, I don't know how I would define it, but I think I think I know it when I hear about it. And I think your heart would help uh, with yeah. some of that yeah. as well. Why yeah. you're wanting to wear yeah. those things? All right. All right. Real quickly, what if we make right choices about our clothes? What are some of the good consequences that follow? Two minutes. Well, right choices will cause us to grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Because if I make right choices, I'm going to get some persecution for that. And, and, and unfortunately, sometimes we get the persecution from our own brethren when we try to make the points about modesty and dressing uh, as God would have us dress. But that makes us stronger. Endure that hardship, we'll get stronger. And we're supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Second Peter 3, verse 18. So one of the consequences of making good choices is it will help us grow spiritually. And I think also that we'll have a peace of mind uh, knowing that we are right with God. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'll have that peace of God. I know that I've done the right thing. I've worn the right clothes. I, I don't have a guilty conscience. I'm not, I'm not plagued with worry that I haven't done. I, I know that I've maintained a safe margin uh, of modesty. I've certainly not exposed my nakedness, and I, I I can have a peace about that. Josh, any thought? Yeah, James James three thirteen says, "Who is wise? Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom." So, um, our manner of life will show that you know we're we're trying to do what's right, and in doing that, we'll be able to let our light shine. We'll be able to. Uh, be a good example to the world around us, I think. All right, very good. All right, I think we're out of time. We're out of time. Josh, thanks for being here and helping us get thank on you for having air tonight. Me. Enjoyed it. Dad, thank you for a good discussion. Thanks, Jacob. Next week, this time, Chase Byers, uh, Spiritual Pitfalls in the Cyber World. Should be really you interesting. you want to be here for that. Yeah. And uh, you'll want to make plans for our community Bible study on pornography, July 24th and 25th. Information on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. 
and uh, make plans to be back here this time next week. All right. We'll do it. We hope you benefit- Lord willing. Yeah, Lord willing. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.